Couchfish. Left guessing. A quick word of introduction. My name is Stuart McDonald and this is Couchfish, the perfect tub of ice cream for the traveller stranded on the couch. The newsletter has both a paid edition which traces a fantasy itinerary through Southeast Asia and the free one which covers, well, everything else. You're reading the latter here today, but if you'd like to, you can upgrade your subscription via the button below. Thank you. I need to head to Singapore next week, and given what I'm forever ranting about, I figured I'd try and find the property that was doing things right. Normally, I stay in a Chinatown hostel, but thinking perhaps I was missing out, I googled a bunch of variations on best eco-whatever in Singapore. What could go wrong? For every eco-listicle that Google threw back at me, the Marina Bay Sands was up top, so I decided to peer into that big spending parallel universe to see what makes one the leader of the HISO sustainability pack. If you're not familiar with the Marina Bay Sands, it's the one that looks like a banana held aloft by three pillars. Opened in 2010, the hotel boasts 2,200 rooms, starting at some 655 US dollars a night, according to Booking.com, placing it towards the mid to upper end of Singapore's luxury scene. Owned by an American casino company, it features the world's largest atrium casino with 600 tables and 2,300 slot machines. Anyways, credit where due, the hotel has done quite a bit on the sustainability front. Their Responsible Business Highlights 2022 report makes for an interesting read, and that's what I'm looking at today. Before I say anything else, I want to note that every hotel on the planet should prepare something like this, though with more context, please. Energy. Thanks to efforts towards more prudent energy use, they've saved just shy of 10 million kilowatt hours. Great! But how much are they still using? According to the report, they went through 244,425 megawatt hours in 2022. With 2,200 rooms, that total works out at around 111 megawatt hours per room per year. Yeah, I know they use the power for lots of other stuff aside from the rooms, but you can't have one thing without the other. Let's add some context. According to Singapore's Energy Market Authority, the average use of a one- or two-room house is 175.6 kilowatt-hours and an apartment 540 kilowatt-hours. Note the difference, megawatt-hours and kilowatt-hours. Converted and the hotel annual per-room average is around 111,000 kilowatt-hours about 600 times that of an average two-room home in Singapore and 200 times that of a private apartment. 
And aside, you might note that the report mentions that the Marina Bay Sands has a target of 30% renewable energy by 2025. They're currently at 21.9%. Good to see that they're getting there. Over on Booking.com's sustainability page for the hotel, they list it as 100% renewable electricity used throughout. As I wrote last week, booking sustainability reporting effort is a garbage fire. Do not trust a word you read on it. Water. The hotel's water use in 2022 was 1,341,002 cubic metres. One cubic metre is 1,000 litres, which works out at around 3,600 cubic metres per day. Divide that daily figure by the 2,200 rooms and you get around 1,600 litres per day. Household water consumption in Singapore in 2021 was 158 litres per person, roughly a tenth of one room at the hotel. Two things are worth noting here. First, despite how much it might seem to rain there, Singapore has a limited water supply. It has four primary water sources, local catchment, imports from Malaysia, reclaimed and desalinated. The imports represent the largest water source and thus for the hotel an indirect economic leakage. Secondly, Singapore's Green Plan 2030 aims to reduce household water use to 130 litres per person per day. Dare I say that's but a drop in the ocean when there are enormous hotels using 10 times that. I want to go to Trash Island. Save a COVID-19 induced respite, waste was sent to, landf- sent to landfill sits at around 10,000 at around the 10,000 ton mark. This sent me down a rabbit hole of Singapore landfill material, which I filed away in the stuff I've never planned to learn about part of my brain. In summary, Singapore seems to have four waste-to-energy plants that contribute about 2% of their power needs. What can't be burned, plus the ash residue from what is burned, goes offshore to Palau Samakau, an island off the south coast. A word on Palau Samakau. It is an amalgamation of two islands, Samakau and Palau Sakeng. The former was home to a small fishing village, but the government acquired the land and shipped the residents to mainland HPDs. They must have been thrilled. They even shifted the cats off the island. The islands were then joined, and in 1999 the trash dumping began. You can learn more about what the island used to be like here. On the Marina Bay Sands report, it reads, Waste sent to landfill. Not waste burnt in Singapore, then buried at sea between two nearby islands that used to be home to fishers who are now living in mainland HPDs. While I couldn't find a figure for household waste, according to the Ministry of the Environment, Singapore generates 8,700 tonnes of waste per day. Maine lobsters rejoice. The hotel report details steps it has taken to address waste and all are to be applauded. 
There's bamboo toothbrushes and oddly razors, and they're trying to get a handle on food waste. They even ditched lobsters from Maine, which I guess was good news for the lobsters, and for the carbon involved in flying them around the planet. Despite this, the menus from the hotel's many restaurants remain awash with imported produce. If you want to drop $300 on 120 grams of US imported beef, this is the place for you. Again, leakages all over the joint. Do you feel lucky? The final part of the report looks at the hotel's social activities. Again, there's plenty to support here. The Art Science Museum, food kits for Singapore's more vulnerable, and educational activities. It is worth keeping in mind, though, that the whole enterprise sits atop an enormous casino, hardly a bastion of upward social mobility. Indeed, Singaporeans are not even allowed into it unless they pay a 150 Singapore dollar daily fee. I wonder why. So, what's my gripe? I think it's important to note at this point that the Marina Bay Sands is doing a lot, far more than many hotels, to mitigate its impacts. My gripe isn't that they're not doing enough. I get that this stuff takes time. My gripe is that I don't see how a property like this will ever be a sustainable undertaking in a tourism sense. While it is important and helpful for them to document the steps they are taking, suggesting the end result is going to be an example of sustainable tourism seems to be a stretch, to say the least. Let's skip back to the Chinatown hostel scene for a moment, where there's three showers for 20 bunks, no swimming pool, and no lobsters from Maine, where a traveller's impact is, I'm guessing here, far closer to on par with a local Singapore resident, if not below. Hell, if you've ever stayed at Ali's Nest, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not suggesting that anyone who cares about sustainable tourism must stay in a hostel. If you're comfortable being a bit spendy, somewhere like Lloyd's Inn seems like a good middle ground. I'm guessing here, though, as, as they have nothing about sustainability on their site. Indeed, sometimes it seems the least sustainable have the most to say. So perhaps having no information at all is a good sign. I guess the core question to be answered here is what does one consider to be a step forward for sustainable tourism? If you go back to its original concept, roughly summarised as operating in a manner that does not impinge on the future viability of a destination, then you'd think trying to operate within the framework and limitations faced by local residents seems a decent starting point. Having an undertaking that uses hundreds of times the power and water that residents do seems less so. As such, I have strong reservations about businesses like this one being reported on in the same breath as sustainable tourism. They do not belong there, and they never will. I'm not arguing that hotels like the Marina Bay Sands should not exist. I understand their appeal. I get that hotels like this create thousands of jobs, and I'm sure the government takes a nice slice off the casino side of things, 
though I'm less sure where that dosh ends up. The hotel earned a staggering 848 million US dollars over 2022-23, with the casino pulling in some 70% of that. I wonder how much of that revenue stays in Singapore. Sustainable tourism needs to be viewed in a holistic manner at all aspects of the business, economic, environmental and social. Finding other options for now remains a challenge. Travellers like myself who care about sustainability are left using a guess and gut feeling and I don't understand why this is the case. Someone needs to fix it, and it sure as hell won't be booking or Google. Me? Back to Chinatown, it is. P.S. Regarding last week's piece on booking sustainability train wreck, I received some feedback suggesting that I had been unfair in not soliciting comment from them. Uh, This is not correct. I did email both travellers. Booking and Travelist, but I didn't hear back from either. But I forgot to mention that in the post. I've amended the post to mention this. Thanks again for the feedback. Couchfish is 100% independent and reader supported. If you're not already a subscriber and you'd like to show your support, become a paying subscriber today for just $7 per month. You can find out more about Couchfish here or simply share this story with a friend. Don't forget... You can find the free podcasts on Apple, Pocket Casts and Spotify, as well as right here on Couchfish.